Chris Hipkins is still the leader of the Labour Party. His caucus voted to keep him on, despite leading them to their second worst result in more than a century. For this week's podcast, which drops at 4pm tomorrow, I talked to two former Prime Ministers who worked in government with Winston Peters. I wanted a stare on what he's like, how he negotiates, what works, what doesn't, and what Christopher Luxon should be wary of. One of those former PMs is Helen Clark, and I took the opportunity on a late night call to Toronto to ask her about the future of Labour, whether Chris Hipkins is the right man to lead the party into the 2026 election, just how badly bruised the party is, how they bring it back, can they bring it back? I thought you might want to hear that part of the chat in the wake of the leadership vote and to whet your appetite for the full interview. So here you go. Do you think Chris Hipkins made the right call rolling Winston Peters out? I don't know. I, I, I look. I, I honestly don't know. I, I certainly didn't rule New Zealand first out in the '96 campaign or the 2005 campaign uh, because you, you could see that you, know, you may need to talk. So. Uh, by and large, I think my history was was not one of, you know, stirring up enmity as it as as it were, but you know, different times, different personalities, different issues coming to the the fore. You know, I I may have had the the luxury of simpler times than than those that people were campaigning in this time. One thing that um, people in the Labour Party that I've spoken to have said is that after you sit down on election night in 2008, the party didn't properly regroup even from then and it hasn't properly kind of worked out what it is and, and what it wants to be and its kind of future vision and all the big stuff. Do, how does Labour do that now? Can it bring itself back from this kind of multiple personality drubbing that it's um, that it that it faced at this election. Yeah, it, it, it's been a drubbing, and it's uh, it's a bit worse than the nineteen ninety six uh, drubbing, obviously. Uh, but I don't think our government was defeated because it was a bad government. It's just people get sick of you, <laughs> and they want something new. And and I wonder whether in the turbulent times in which we live, whether six year governments might become more regular than nine-year governments because the issues are very, very tough. They're very, very tough. The world is much more volatile. So I think that when I went, there was a natural successor, which was Phil Goff, and you know, he fought a credible campaign, but John Key was at the height of his powers then, so he was, he was hard to beat. And then, of course, when Phil went, the party went through the roller coaster that, that we've seen, you know, for example, the Australian Liberal Party or the Australian Labour Party or the British Conservatives or whoever go through the National Party in, in opposition this yeah, last time round. Yeah. And until you stabilise, you don't have a have a show. So I think right now the key thing for Labour will just be to to stabilise and say, right, we're going to take this on the chin. We're going to you know process uh, what happened. Really think about you know what could we have done. I, I, I make one point that the last Prime Minister who came into office mid-term, who won the next election, was Peter Fraser 80 years ago in the middle of World War II. Yeah. So in a sense, Chris Hipkins was trying to do something that no one has done in 80 years. So that, that was a, a very steep hill to climb. 
to that end, should he be given another chance? Is he the right person to lead the Labour Party into 2026? Well, he could well be. He's a young man. He's got energy. He will have learnt from this experience. I think, for example, of an old colleague and friend, Jens Stoltenberg, who's now the head of NATO. He came into office mid-term as a young PM, didn't win the next election, stayed as leader of the opposition, improved his performance, and had a long-term in government. So, you know, there are examples like that where you can learn from a dropping and, and come back. You know, I think what I would encourage is no headless chook behaviour, but really a, a very honest uh, self-appraisal as to as to what went wrong. It won't be any one thing. You know, it's an accumulation of many things. So what, what could they have done to change the dynamic? Maybe nothing, given that no one had succeeded in doing what Chris Hopkins was trying to do in 80 years. Do you think there's anyone else in the caucus that could step up? Who knows? I mean, there's... There's senior people, there's more junior people. I, I think for now they just need to steady the ship and uh, and undergo a thorough and honest analysis, which I you know, would expect them to do as as to what happened. Um, yeah, not easy. You know, it, it's tough to be defeated. I've been defeated. I've, I've had great wins. You know, There's highs and lows in politics, and the, the lows are tough. Does steadying the ship, sorry, I'm now taking liberties and it's way after midnight there, but I'm just so interested in your insights. Does steadying the ship mean retaining the, the captain, the same captain at the helm? Do you think just keep Chris Hipkins in place for now is the best option for Labour? Well, they've got the 100 days, haven't they? Mm. And that's a bit of time also to process what happened and then I think to have a you know, full and honest conversation on the, the caucus. And, and the issue always is, is the caucus convinced that anyone else can do better? You know, I, I lost in 96, and I'd had a lot of internal opposition in my first three years as leader of the opposition. But I got a better result than people expected, and, and I stayed on. And the rest of the history, I went on to have nine years in government. So we shouldn't assume that a leader who's led the party to defeat needs to go. You have to have a proper analysis. And, you know, my attitude always was when I was under pressure, well, show me who can do better. Show me who can do better. And and that, I think, will be the question probably Chris Hipkins needs to ask and ask the colleagues. Can anyone do better? Are you unwilling to outright endorse him? Is that or? No, I, I, no. I don't want to get involved in, in, in the debate because it's not for me. You know, I'm a card-carrying member yeah. and a well-wisher, and I'll support whoever is the leader. You know, I've got a lot of time for Chris. You know, like Jacinda, like Grant Robertson, he was a young staffer in, in my government. I know and love them all and only wish the best for them. That was former three-time Labour Prime Minister Helen Clark. I spoke to her and former National PM Jim Bolger for this week's episode of the Tova podcast, Working with Winston. I loved speaking to them both. Such fascinating insights into what it's like to need Winston Peters in government and what they think it will be like for Chris Luxon this time round. Stay tuned for the full episode tomorrow afternoon. You can follow the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and you can listen to every episode there or via stuff.co.nz slash Tova. Thanks for listening. Kakite. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz slash support. 
Today on League of Our Own, we chat with our feline friend, West Tiger and soon-to-be Panther, Isaiah Papali'i. See what I did there, like Larry? It. Yeah. Like the Warriors are 12 matches down with 12 to go. We talk their season to date and if they could still land a final spot. We preview round 14 with the Wars and Townsville and a whole host of massive matches, including the Bronx and the Sharks. And we are officially in the state of origin window. It's an Australian representative competition, yet Kiwis <laughs> love this thing. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals.